encourage one another every day. And I was just talking with someone uh, not, to, not too long ago here at the church that iron sharpens iron. And we encourage one another. I need you and you need me. And we need each other. Not just on Sunday mornings and not just on Wednesday nights. But we need each other through the day that we're praying for one another. We're lifting one another up. We're encouraging one another. We hear so much discouragement in a world which we live. And we may even hear discouragement from our family and friends. But you know what? We can be encouraged by the Lord Jesus Christ because He is the encourager and He encourages us every day as long as we fully surrender to His Lordship. He will be Lord of all. You heard me say He is Lord of all. If He's not Lord of all, then He's not Lord at all. So we know that God is Lord of all. And I thank God today that we're here as a body of believers. If you would stand with me across the building every Sunday morning, you've got this scripture memorized. If you don't have any other scripture memorized, you might have, you might have John 3.16, but you're probably going to eventually, if you haven't been here long, you're going to have Galatians 2 and 20 uh, memorized as well. Let's say that today. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. You may be seated across the building today. It is good that we can come together once again as a body of believers. And it's good that we can get into the Word of God. And I know if you have the Word of God there, that's the sword of the Spirit. Hold that up high. It's always good to have the Word of God. There are some in the, in the uh, electronic world that you have an Android or iPhone or a tablet that has a Bible app on that. I've actually got that on, on my phone as well and on my laptop. I've got that as well, but, but some like the, the good old Bible in the, in the paper, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I love to do that and get into God's Word, but ever, whatever it takes for you to get into the Word, that's the most important thing. It seems like it's a struggle sometimes uh, for us to get into the Word of God. But if you could ever get into it and open it up, I promise you it will come alive. And it will come alive in your heart and in your life. This uh, week I begin, I want to br begin a brand new series called the Holy Spirit Series. And so we'll be doing this for the next nine Sundays. And, uh, and so we're going to go in depth about the Holy Spirit because I really do believe as believers we need to know about the Holy Spirit and we don't give the Holy Spirit enough credit and I'm going to talk about that today and I want to talk with you today a little bit about the Holy Spirit. So if you've never heard about the Holy Spirit, uh, you're in a Pentecostal church so you're going to hear about the Holy Spirit and we're going to go through it. Uh, line by line, we're going to go in depth here a little bit. So hold on, strap on, get your Bible ready to go, and here we're going to go through this uh, with the Lord's help. So if you'll go with me to John's Gospel, the 7th chapter, beginning with the 37th verse. John's Gospel, the 7th chapter, beginning with the 37th verse. And we're going to look at this a little bit as time uh, will permit. 
and um, we haven't been able to go live yet. We're working on, uh, we've got fiber optics that's put into the church, and we're trying to get the company to come out and terminate the line so that we can get connected back again for those that are not able to be here with us, to watch us live. So, uh, But help us pray that they'll be out here next week and they can get connected and we'll be back up uh, live again uh, for those that are not able uh, to be uh, with us here today. The Holy Spirit series, sermon number one, and I want to share with you my title today is Living Water. Living Water. And I want you to know as we look at this, uh, about the living water of the Holy Spirit, this was also the promise that God, Jesus Christ, promised His disciples and promised to all throughout the world. And we're going to look at this a little bit about the Holy Spirit. John's Gospel 7 and 37. Let's look at this. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Verse 38, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, but this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in Him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Can I hear an amen to God's Word? Listen, here through this passage, as we look at this through John's Gospel, we see the feast of the Pentecost. And we see the great feast day, as Jesus was there with all those, the Feast of the First Fruits, and the very day on which the Holy Spirit would later be given. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit has not come yet, but He's letting them know to get prepared, to get ready, that you don't understand what's going on, but there's something that's about to take place, as we see that already in Acts 2. But here is where He's talking to the people, and He's letting the people know that the Holy Spirit Spirit will soon come. And here Jesus would make an announcement about the Holy Spirit. Yet we see the reactions about Jesus by people at the feast. And we see that the reaction was in John 7 and 15, How knoweth this man's letters? John 7 and 31, When Christ cometh, will he do more miracles? We see it in John 7 and 46, uh, Never man spake like this man. John 7 and 48 says, Have any of the rulers or Pharisees believed on him? So here was something they have never ever heard in their life and Jesus is letting them know something that something is about to take place and to get ready and get prepared because this Holy Spirit is going to come and it's going to come on to all. The greatest statement of Jesus about the Holy Spirit, my first point today is this, the invitation to those desiring the Holy Spirit. This was an invitation 
to those desiring the Holy Spirit. You say, well, pastor, how can you desire something that you don't know about? How can you desire something that Jesus is talking about? How can you, how can you even accept what Jesus is saying? I want to share with you that today, in those days, there were miracles that took place before people's eyes through the Lord Jesus Christ. He healed the woman of the issue of blood. He healed the man that was blind. He casted out demons of a man. There were so many miracles that took place. But listen, Jesus was not just about miracles. He was just not just the miracle. Jesus, there were greater things that Jesus was also doing is that He was letting His people know that the Holy Spirit is about to take place of something you never experienced before. John 7 and 37 says this, On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. I don't know about you, but when I'm outside cutting grass and it's a hot day out there, and a lot of times we may not get out there before the, the sun starts rising because grass is a little wet with the dew so you kind of play it by ear and you kind of pick the time when you're going to cut grass but it's something about when you cut grass in your yard uh, it gets hot you get hot you get sweaty and it's something about having lemonade I love lemonade I just bought some lemonade uh, not too long, in a can, uh, Minute made uh, lemonade. I saw it at the store and I thought, well, you know, I hadn't had lemonade in a long time. But I tell you, I was outside uh, and it was hot. And uh, matter of fact, the first time I had ever, uh, Brother Robert, I had gotten on my riding lawnmower for the first time since I broke my leg. And so I got out there and I started cutting my grass and I said, well, I'm going to give this thing a try. And so uh, <clears throat> I jumped it off and... I got on the lawnmower and I started cutting the grass. And I felt good about it. And so I'd cut my front and cut the side a little bit and cut the back. But I parked it and I went inside and guess what I had? I had the, old, I had the Minute Maid lemonade. And I said, I popped that can and I sat down in my recliner. And I'm going to tell you what, I just enjoyed it while I was drinking that lemonade. It's such refreshing. Uh, it was quenching my thirst and I said you know I'm glad I bought these and you know that's the same way it is with the Lord Jesus Christ he quenches our thirst for he says if any man if anybody doesn't matter who you are comes after him the Bible says that you will not thirst again as he told the woman at the well he said if you only knew who I was, if you only just knew who I was, because that that I have that will give you, it'll never run dry. It will overflow and be in your body, and you will then be that much more than you ever have been in your whole entire life if you only knew. And folks, I want you to know today, if the world could only grasp at what Jesus can do for them, not what society can 
do, not the things of this world, but if they would bask in the love of the Lord Jesus Christ and begin to seek His face, that that you seek for and that that you thirst for, He says that if you seek, you shall be filled. And Jesus is telling us today that if we're thirsty and we're running dry, praise be to the Lamb of God, we can receive Jesus and His Holy Spirit and we don't have to walk around like we're thirsty of which way we're going to go, what we're going to do. But God, the Lord Jesus Christ, will fill us every day that we live in this world. Give God praise in the house today. Hallelujah. He says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. If any man thirst, you know, when we receive Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, and we make that profession of faith, and we say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins, come into my heart and life and save me. And if we believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, He arose on the third day, He's seated with the right hand of the Father, the Bible says, Thou shalt be saved. And once we receive salvation... We don't stop there, folks. We don't stop there. It's almost like at Easter time when we get Easter eggs and the kids are in an Easter egg hunt and they've got some candy and some prizes inside of it. What do you have to do to get to the prize? What do you have to do to get to it? You have to crack it open. And that's the same way it is with our salvation. Once we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, we're to crack open our salvation and begin to know there's more than just being saved. That now Jesus Christ wants to come in and fill us in the Spirit, by the Spirit, through the Spirit. It's not just going through just being saved, but it's getting deeper into the Lord Jesus Christ. They that hunger after righteousness shall be filled we've got to seek the Lord Jesus while he may be found and know that it's the Holy Spirit that's going to carry us through this life which we live notice to whom the invitation is given not to those who have prayed and fast long enough not to those who have prayed through or loud enough not to those who have repeated phrases of praise enough. Not to those who have recently taken the sacraments. But to those who are thirsty. David says, create in me, Lord, a clean heart, a right mind. If we're not where we need to be, Lord, create in us what we need to be. Create in us. If we've allowed the world to creep into our hearts and lives, if our prayer life has been a little dusty, if our reading of the Bible has been a little dusty, if our devotion has been a little dusty, Lord, help me, Lord, create in me. Lord, let me hunger and thirst after you because there's none of the riches in this world that can satisfy a man's soul. What is it? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? If a man gains the whole world and loses his soul, what does it profit a man? But 
when we get hungry and thirsty after the Lord Jesus Christ, He begins to fill us with something that we've never been filled with and He gets a hold of us and we begin to get deeper and deeper and the Lord Jesus Christ will allow us to go just as deep as we want to go because we need to be a God chaser. When we chase after God, God chases after us and He begins to see good in us and then God begins to do a work in our hearts and in our lives. Listen, I want you to know, but to those who are thirsty, those who are thirsty, how wonderful to express it this way. Some here might not know how to get religious enough. Some might not be able to reform enough. Some might not understand the theology enough. But everyone knows how it feels to be thirsty. You know what it's like when it's hot outside. You know what it's like when you're craving something, wanting something. Sometimes I crave uh, chocolate. And I'm a, I'm a, a chocolate fan. I love a lot of chocolate. And if I hadn't had it in a while, I'll crave for it. Maybe I might get some ice cream, some chocolate ice cream. Or I might get some chocolate Debbie cakes. Oh my, I have to back off of them a lot because I tell you, those things are so good. It'll make you smack your grandma down. I mean, it's so good. But I tell you, it's something that you crave. In the same way that you crave, and I'm just using food as an analogy, but whatever it is that we crave, we need to be craving the Holy Spirit because we have neglected the Holy Spirit and we've set Him on a shelf and thinking that we can handle every of our problems, handle every situation, handle every circumstance, and that we will call Jesus when we need Him. But the Holy Spirit, folks, as we go through this study, I want you to know He resides in our hearts. He resides in our life. He's the one that keeps us in balance. He checks us every day. When we walk with Jesus, we walk with the Holy Spirit. When we walk with the Holy Spirit, we're walking with God. God because it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is the Trinity. It is the triune. They're all in one, but they have separate departments that God has designed for you and I so that we can be the believer that Jesus Christ has called us as a servant and as a disciple. I want you to know today, but everyone knows how it feels to be thirsty, but do you thirst to know that the guilt is gone? Do you thirst to know that the record is clean? Do you thirst for the fellowship with God? Listen, I want you to know the enemy a lot of times will tell you, well, you're not this, you're not that, well, you can't do this, you can't do that, you're limited to this, you're limited to that. Listen, you're unlimitless. Jesus, God is unlimited. He is, there's no limit to what God can do in your heart and in your life. And when you accept Jesus Christ into your heart and life, that's when you need to be bathed in the Word of God, bathed in prayer, and allow the Holy Spirit to move in your heart and in your life day in and day out. The Holy Spirit is not an it, it is not a thing. But the Holy Spirit is the comforter. Jesus clearly 
lets us know in the Word. He says, I've got to go back to my Father. And when He died on the cross and He arose on the third day, He still, when He rose, He was on uh, this earth for 40 days. And there He was, but He was going to ascend back to the Father. But the Holy Spirit couldn't descend until He ascended back to the Father because there was the place of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus says the Holy Spirit is going to come and comfort you. You're not going to be comforted less, but you're going to be comforted in the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit. And He's going to guide you and direct you into all truth. My second point today is this, the instruction for receiving the Holy Spirit. The instruction for receiving the Holy Spirit. Let Him come unto me and drink. I don't know about you, but if you don't go to a water fountain when you're thirsty and drink, you're still going to be thirsty. I remember growing up as a child, my dad would stop by natural springs and people would get milk jugs and fill them fill them up and drink them and I would just go over there as a little kid and put my mouth and just let that water just run right into my mouth or I would be out in the yard with the hose pipe uh, which is uh, a, a, a water hose uh, I don't know how uh, 21st century says it now but that was what the way I said it when I was growing up but uh, I remember being thirsty and I remember when it'd be a hot day, I'd turn that water on and right through that plastic and everything else, I'd just drink that water up and it would just, it would just flow and flow and flow. And I, I tried, to help, tried to hold as much as I could and my little belly start getting bigger and bigger and bigger and I'd just keep drinking until I couldn't drink no more. What was I doing? I was satisfying my thirst. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. You see, the enemy, if we're not careful, will cause us not to seek the Lord. He will put everything he can. He'll put roadblocks. He'll do everything he can to stop you from communicating with Jesus, stop you from communicating with your walk with God. Because listen, folks, it's an individual affair. I wish I could save all of you, but I can't do it. I wish I could give you salvation, but I can't do it. I wish I could give you the Holy Spirit, but I can't do it. But the one that can is the one they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Jesus is wanting to fill you and Jesus is wanting to satisfy your soul and He's wanting to give to you, but you've got to be willing to say, I'm thirsty for it. Listen. To receive this refreshing water, come to Jesus and begin to drink. Consider the call by Isaiah the prophet, Isaiah 55 and 1. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you have no money, come but and eat. Yes, come by wine and milk without money and without price. In other words, those things that you're seeking for in this world is not going to satisfy your soul. It's not going to satisfy your thirst. Oh, it may give you pleasure for a time, a season. You may enjoy it for a while. But listen, that's not going to satisfy the thirst and the drive that's in your heart and life. 
Only Jesus Christ and Him crucified can satisfy your soul because He is living water. Revelations 22 and 17. And the Spirit and the bride says, Come. And let him who hears says, Come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Folks, it's a 100% money-back guarantee. You will never run dry when you've got Jesus in the center of your heart and life and you're seeking after the one that will satisfy your soul and your thirst. My third point today is this. The inner fountain that flows within those who have received Christ. The inner fountain that flows within those who have received Christ. We may see an outward flow of things that people are prosperity and prospering and look at this. And we may say, well, look at them. They're, I'm not that. Why are they this way? Why, why is God blessing them? Why is God taking care of them? Why is God doing this? Why? And we'll go around and guess uh, why is God doing when you think that God's not doing? But listen, you're seeking an inner thirst, not an outward thirst. You're being satisfied from the outside in the inner fountain that flows when you receive Jesus Christ. When you receive Jesus Christ, you begin to receive the feeling of what Jesus has instructed, what He has promised, what He will give unto you when you receive. Listen, the world didn't give it to you and the world cannot take it away from you because it is a gift from God. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. We can't buy the salvation, but we get it by the gift that Jesus gives unto us and therefore His Holy Spirit becomes active in our hearts and lives. Now I will say this, when you receive Jesus Christ in your heart and life, and you made that profession of salvation in your life. Listen, be careful, and I'm going to talk about this later on. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can vex the Holy Spirit. You can quench the Holy Spirit. Yes, you can cause the Holy Spirit not to be operating in your life and being active in your life. And that's why I've always said you need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. What do you mean, Pastor, when you say be sensitive to the Holy Spirit? You as a Christian may be talking to someone and you may need to encourage them and you need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you to be able to minister to someone else that may be in need or needs to be encouraged, allowing the Holy Spirit. You say, well, Pastor, what is it? It's that little voice that's in your heart. It's that little voice that comes to your mind. The devil's not going to come to your mind to encourage anybody. The devil's not going to come to your mind and tell you to pray with somebody. The devil's not going to tell you, we'll spend time with somebody and see how they're doing. No, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you and grip to your heart while you're 
you're talking with and it can be orchestrated and designed by God in Walmart, at a gas station, in a store, in a building. God may design it that it was your time and opportunity to speak to somebody because you allowed the Holy Spirit to begin to operate in your life that you may minister unto those and manifest the grace and the mercy of God to help somebody and snatch them out of a place called hell to make heaven their home. Give God praise in the house today. That's why we as Christians have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We can't just go through the sacraments. We just can't go through the rituals. We just can't go through the motions of life. We are lively stones. We are lively with the Lord Jesus Christ. He has built within us a foundation which is the solid rock. He builds His church. And if we're on sand, we're going to sink. But if we're on solid rock, the Holy Spirit begins to manifest Himself within us and we're able to reach those that are lost. Listen, that's why it's so important that we not operate in the flesh, that we cannot operate in carnality but we must operate in a demonstration of the, of the Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us, that we would walk with the Spirit, talk with the Spirit. We would pray in the Spirit. Listen, that's why it's so important to allow the Holy Spirit to have His way in our hearts, in our lives, so that when we see somebody that's in need. When we see somebody that's dealing with an issue, when we see somebody that's dealing maybe with a circumstance that you've just got over, that you just passed over, that you just went through, it can be your testimony to help somebody else along the way. Listen, I've said this and I will say this again. We've had gospel groups, southern gospel groups to come to this church. And when they get up to sing... A lot of people that love Southern gospel music love to hear, I love Southern gospel music. I'm not knocking it one bit. I've had many groups here. But I know when the church is packed and the Southern gospel group comes, there's a lot of things that people are listening to. They're listening to the words. They're listening to that gospel music. And that group can reach people that I'll never be able to reach. But then there's people that they'll never be able to reach that I will reach. That's the same way it is with you. There'll be people that you'll be able to reach within your community, within your family, within your friends that I'll never be able to reach. But there'll be some things that I will be able to reach that you won't be able to reach. That's why it's so important that we come together as a body, as the body of Christ. We're in the bond of love. We are to unite ourselves just as the church. Hallelujah. The New Testament church in Acts 2, when it was formed and when it was developed, when they came in one mind and one accord and they became all as one and they began to pray for the promise. They didn't know what it was, but they united themselves and began to pray and the Holy Spirit began to move in a mighty way. And listen, thousands on top of thousands, three thousands, was gained every day every day they didn't have social network they didn't have uh, media but they had word of mouth but the Holy Spirit began to move upon them and they began to reach those 
that were lost, undone without God. Did you know you can be the one that reaches one that's lost and undone without God? Did you know what the greatest challenge, and I will say that this year, and we're about to end out of 23, and we're about to go into 2024, folks. But if each one would reach one, if each one would invite one, even to this local church, we would double in our attendance. Did you know that? If each one would reach one, I want to go a step further. If each one would reach somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, listen, I want to share what I know about Jesus. I want you to know about the man that I know, Jesus Christ. Listen, out of his innermost being, shall flow river of living waters. We are not the, uh, that, of that of the river. It's not like we're a cesspool, but we are a flowing, living river. Not like the Dead Sea, but a great river. Not like a swamp, but a refreshing stream. The question is, what will flow into these rivers? The fruit of the Spirit will flow in these rivers. The compassion of Christ will flow in these rivers. And the power to witness will flow into these rivers. And faith will flow into these rivers. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Listen, the rivers will flow through you. Of the fruit of the Spirit. The compassion of Christ will flow through you in these rivers. The power to witness will flow in these rivers. Faith will flow into these rivers. You see, we've got to be yoked up with Jesus. He says, my yoke is easy. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, my yoke is easy. Listen, this world is hard. It's cruel. It's cruel. We live in a cruel world. We live in a cruel society. But I'm going to tell you today, the only thing that's going to satisfy a man or woman or a boy or a girl's soul is going to be coming after Jesus and allowing the Holy Spirit Listen, it's going to take the Holy Spirit to get us out of here, folks. Let me tell you today, it's going to take the Holy Spirit to get us out of here because it's, the world is getting wicked. Wickeder and wickeder. Things are coming across this land. Things are happening across this land like nobody's business. You can watch it in the news. You can follow what's going on. And folks, the coming of the Lord is at hand. I don't know about you, but I want to be right and I want to be ready. Because we're in the last days of the last days. People can, people can stay out of church. People can do as they do because the Bible says, just as it was in the days of Noah, just as it will be when the Son of Man comes. People want to stay away. People want to stay away from God. Let them be what they want to be. Let them say what they want to say. Let them go where they want to go. Let them do what they want to do. But listen, it's time for us to hold fast to the doctrine of God's holy word. It's time for us to hold fast to the word of God because that's what's going to stand the test of times. God's word says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. 
it'll never pass away. And we must stay true to the Word of God. We must stay true to what the Word is saying. We are not to compromise with the Word of God. We're not to look to the left. We're not to look to the right. But we're to look right between the leads of the Bible, of God's Holy Scripture. And we are to follow it out to a T. You may well say, well, Pastor, I'm not perfect. I, you're talking about a perfect. And I, listen, none of us is perfect. But we're striving every day to be like Christ. I'm not Christ, you're not Christ, and we'll never be Christ. And the only perfect man was Jesus Christ. And if we were all here perfect, Jesus wouldn't have had to die on a cross, and he wouldn't have had to come save us. But none of us is perfect. There's none righteous, no, not one. And when we act like that we're righteous, then we're nothing but filthy rags. But I want you to know I want to stay humble because Jesus says he that humbles himself shall be exalted but he that exalts himself shall be humbled. And I want you to know today we've got to call on the one that will quench the thirst. That's the one that's going to quench the thirst in our life is to say Lord I want that living water. Hallelujah. I want that living water Lord. I want that water that will never run dry. I want it to be with me and I want it to continue to flow in me. I was just reminiscing over an old song this morning. There was an old singer that died, Mylon Lefevre, back with the Lefevres back years and years and years and years ago. The whole family was gospel singers and Mylon Lefevre was one of the boys and uh, he died yesterday with cancer, 78 years old. But he wrote the song, Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks. And he, he wrote that song, and then he wrote another song. Without him, where would I be? I could not do nothing without him. And, of course, he wrote that song. Elvis Presley recorded it and made millions on it. But he wrote that song. And I was thinking about that this morning. Where would I be if I didn't know Jesus? Where would you be today if you didn't know Jesus? If you didn't have somebody that lived the life before you? Someone that didn't pave the way and prayed for you? Someone that didn't beg God? Someone that did what they could to get you to where you're at in church? Where would you be today if you didn't know Him? What would you do without him? Listen, it's by the grace and the mercy of God that you and I are here today. But listen, Jesus is saying, I want to give you something that will never run dry. I want to give you living water. And listen, we know the man, Jesus Christ, the man that can. And in my conclusion today, the question is, do you thirst? And will you come to Christ and drink. Listen, do you thirst? Do you thirst after Jesus? Because he said, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Listen, God loves us. Let's stand today across the building.